0: the reading of God's Word, we are in Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, by the way, if anyone needs a Bible, please raise your hand, we like not only to hear the Word of God, but to see it, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. Verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit let's pray Hmm, Lord talk about verses that will just turn our lives upside down these are those verses, Lord. There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, and Lord, we just... We just saw images on the projection screen of that which is hopeless, Lord. It's hopeless. The government program that is is running the place, Lord, well-intentioned, but is only making things worse, Lord. We know, Lord, we know that you're bigger than those eight blocks in Kensington in Philly, Lord. We know that uh, you are bigger, Lord, than... That which is all around us here in Boston, Lord, idols, the idolatry of humanism, of man. Man, it's about me and my brains and my destiny. That is Boston, but you are bigger, Lord. And this verse, these verses are the verses, Lord, that can capture, take captive by your spirit, a man or woman's heart, a city's heart, and change it. Change them. But Lord, we need to know what they mean. We need to know, so help us, Lord. Help us understand, open the eyes of our heart. Please, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you may be seated. So throughout our study in the book of Romans, I've regularly gone back to Romans chapter 1, verse 16, where Paul famously says, he says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the good news. I'm not ashamed of it. For it is the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God that will change Kensington and Philadelphia. It's the power of God that will change Boston. He says, I'm not ashamed of it, Paul says, of the gospel. Gospel just means good news. That's what it means. We get all kinds of goofy religious ideas sometimes when we hear that word gospel. It just means good news. The Bible says that God calls all the world to be saved by placing their faith in Jesus Christ, who he is, what he did for them. And that's the good news. And that, that he says he's not ashamed of. That he says that that um, is the power of God to salvation. The good news, put your faith in Jesus Christ, who he is, and what he did for you. Who is he? Jesus Christ is the Son of God, who has existed for all eternity in the bosom of the Father. Face to face, John chapter 1 verse 1 says, But in Philippians chapter 2 verses 5 through 7, it says that although Jesus being the son of God who was in all ways equal with God, he did not consider the privileges of that as something to hang on to, but rather he was willing to throw out his reputation and make himself of no reputation and he took the form of a man. In real flesh, he wasn't a ghost, he was a real man. But he was even lower than that, the Bible says. His own words, he was a servant of man. He did that. That's who Jesus is. And he lived a perfect life so that he could credit that perfect life to your account. You being incapable in a thousand lifetimes to live a life that's deserving of heaven. He lived that life for you. And then he died on the cross. He took on all the sin of man, the guilt of man, the shame of man, uh, the the horror of sin, died on the cross as a punishment for you. And after being dead and buried, he rose from the dead and later was taken up to God. I'm not ashamed of the good news for it is the power of God unto salvation. Why is it good news? That's what we've been in in the last few weeks in the book of Romans. Saving faith, the the faith that saves you, the faith in which you put your trust in Jesus Christ, it does three things, at least, saving faith. Number one, there's regeneration. You are cleansed. Number two, there is justification. That means the exact moment that you put your faith in Jesus Christ from that point on forever, you have eternal life. The third thing, sanctification, means at the point that you put your faith in Christ and your faith saves you, sanctification begins. That is a process in which you begin to grow into Jesus Likeness. If you have been a Christian or called yourself a Christian for 15 years and you don't look at all like Jesus, you're probably not a Christian. That's what the Bible says. Because it says that at the moment a Christian or a man or woman has saving faith, the Holy Spirit comes in and occupies. And drives them, the man or woman, into Jesus Christ likeness. But it is over a period of a lifetime, actually. A saving faith. So, Romans chapter 3, 4, and 5 are about the first two. Regeneration and justification. Romans 6, 7, and 8 um, are about sanctification. And so that's what we're continuing today. The process of becoming a saint. Not those saints that are pictured. I'm not talking about uh, pictures uh, of saints on stained glass windows in a big church. Everybody, the Bible says, who is a saving faith, who has put their faith in Jesus Christ, is a saint. But it is a sanctification process. It happens over years, actually for a whole lifetime. So that's what six, chapter 6, 7, and 8 are about sanctification. Romans chapter 6, we uh, read the stunning verses that the sanctification, because of that saving faith, because of that uh, of what Jesus did for you immediately upon receiving the Holy Spirit in your life, which happens when you open up your heart to Jesus and say, Come in, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, immediately it says of you, it describes you, Romans chapter 6, verse 6, it says that you're that your old man. It has been crucified, and you're no longer a slave to sin. Then, in the next verse, verse seven of chapter six, it says, um, "You have been freed from him, uh, from sin." Now, that's so hard for so many to believe. Uh, he repeats himself again in verse eighteen, uh, it, describing you. If you have done that, if you put your faith in Jesus, has been set. It says, verse eighteen, "You've been set free from sin." And then, if if you don't believe it after having um, heard it twice, a third time in verse twenty-two. Having been set free from sins, now you have your fruit to eternal life. And so um, that was a stunning, life-changing revelation to me that I no longer had to be a slave. That now that I was in Christ, I was a new creation, all things have passed away, new things have come, and that I was no longer a slave to my sinful passions, which I absolutely was. I was completely enslaved to the passions of sin. And the Bible says, so is everyone else prior to Christ, whether they understand that or not. Last week, in our study of chapter seven, we dealt with a very different truth about sanctification. Dennis, can I have it back up again? Uh, no, the, the the chart. I'm sorry. Sanctification, growing in Jesus' likeness over time. We dealt with a very different issue concerning sanctification: the fact that it takes a lifetime. So in Romans 6 we concentrated on what you have now and for until you die or uh, or the Lord comes back you have the uh, you have the the power over sin. You have the ability to choose not to sin. You have been freed from the power of sin. Chapter 7 has a radical turn and and so what it what it de- deals with in chapter 7 is This process of becoming like Jesus does indeed last a lifetime. In verse 19, we read this, for the good that I will do. Now, this is the apostle Paul speaking. He's a mature believer at this point. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not do, will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. Verse 24 then says, O wretched, O miserable man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. Um, You know, with these verses, I think it's important um, to understand them in more simpler English language. That's the New King James. The NIV uses the word um, want instead of will. So, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. This I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. So this is why it takes a lifetime, because there's 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 sin still um, with us in, in verse twenty two or verse twenty one. He says that, it says therefore I find a law meaning a reality that evil is present with me. The one who wills to do good, because I'm the one who wills to do good, but there's a there's a there's an evil uh, that uh, continues with me. So let's go um go on in verse twenty two of chapter seven. We're setting it up so we can. Uh, study those first few verses of chapter 8. Chapter 7, verse 22 says, For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. According, inside, deep inside, I delight in the law of God. At the church picnic yesterday, we heard testimonies of men and women who went from living a life in which they didn't like God's law, they hated God's law, they rejected it, to a life that they delighted in God's law. I remember as a new believer, a newer believer, reading the book of Psalms, Psalm 119, and I so identified with Psalm 119, with these verses. Very simple. I love your law. Psalm 119. Again, in verse 113, I think the first one, can we go back? The first one was six, 97. And then again in verse uh, 113, same thing. I love your law. And then again in, in, in verse 163, I love your law. This is what happens When a person has saving faith in Christ, that over time, instead of hating the law and seeing it as a burden, they love it. And and again, if you're in the place, and, and again, you've been calling yourself a Christian for 10 years, but you don't like the law. It's a burden. You're probably not a Christian, that's not what the Holy Spirit does, and the Holy Spirit lives inside of a Christian. But what we learn from um, chapter 7 um, is this. It says, though I, verse 22, though I delight in the law of God, um, a- according to the inward man, it says in verse 23, I see another law, another reality in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin. And that's the struggle that every believer has. That's the struggle that every believer has. And then, and then he says, Oh, wretched man that I am. I'm wretched. I'm miserable. This, this is not what I thought I was getting into. This law that I love, I'm always violating it. I'm a wretched man, he says. Now, what, what is it that make what is it that's making him wretched? What is it that's making him wretched? I would submit that supremely, the answer can be encapsulated in one word: condemnation. Condemnation. The condemnation, the the, the loud voices in your mind after sinning. You failed. Again, you failed. You're the worst excuse of a Christian there ever was. You're the worst excuse of a pastor in the history of pastors. You think God is going to answer your prayer? You think God's going to use you? Who are you to serve God? Condemnation. You're being condemned. And Romans 7, 24 says, who will rescue me from this body of death? Verse 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then Romans 8, the the last part of verse 25, kind of a parenthetical, goes right on into chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore no condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There is therefore now no condemnation. Who will rescue me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ my Lord. There is no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the To the Spirit. Now, time out. Pause. Time out. Pause. Some of you are reading your Bibles and you're not reading the same verse I am. (laughs) Because in the New King James translation, verse uh, verse 1 of chapter 8 is twice as long as most other translations. Most other translations like the NIV, they just stop the verse right in the middle. There is therefore no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, and then it goes right to verse 2. How many people are reading a Bible like that? Anyone want to raise their hand? That's Okay, so a lot of translations, most translations um, um, are like that. Now, why is it like that? I could spend three hours speaking about it, but in short... The, the original manuscripts of the Bible are all lost. What we have now are editors over time that, um, uh, that, uh, that transcribe the original manuscript. And uh, there's thousands and thousands of, of these manuscripts dated really, really, really early. But they're not the originals. <laughs> and so from time to time, you may get Like a little phrase like this. Uh, I remember the last time we talked about it was when we were in the book of John. I think it's John chapter 8. There's a more actually longer one. Here's the deal. Today we don't know for sure whether when Paul originally originally wrote this letter, whether these words were there. That is at the end of verse 1, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. But here's the deal. It doesn't change the verse one single bit. Rather, it doesn't change the meaning of the verse one iota. In fact, it really does help you understand what he's arguing. And if you look at verse four, verse four is almost identical to verse one, except it's um, using it, it, he's using different words, um, but. Verse 4 is virtually the same verse. He's teaching the same thing. He's repeating. So don't get all bent out of shape if your Bible doesn't have it or if it does have it. it, it, it I think it is valuable to keep there. And, I, and so we're going to teach from it because we're using a New King James Version. So I'm going to put it up on the projection screen for everyone to see in case you have the translation um, that ends it after Christ Jesus. So this is... So important, so let's get back into understanding this verse. What does this verse mean? There is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. This is a very often quoted verse, and it is first, the the first thing I think that's really uh, important that you understand is that it's, it's, part of the verses is, it, is it, it, it's, it's explaining what you just read at the end of Romans 7. R- Romans chapter 8, verse 1, uh, in fact, is, well, especially the first four verses, but the whole chapter, it is addressing Christians. Notice how it says, in Christ, therefore now no condemnation uh, to those who are in Christ. And it's, it's addressed to Christians Who are confused because that which they delight to do, they don't do. They feel like a failure and they feel condemned. Now it's important, if Romans is, is clear about anything, it's clear about this. Once you have put your faith in Jesus Christ and you are in Christ, as this verse says, from that point on, for all eternity, you will be in Christ, and no matter what you do, no matter what happens, you will not lose your in-Christness. You'll never be out of Christ, ever again. And why do I, why do I say that so emphatically? Well, there's a thousand reasons, but read verse 30 with me of chapter 8. Go down to verse, uh, verse 30 of chapter 8. It says this, Moreover, Whom God predestined, these he called. Whom he called, these he justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. Meaning they go to heaven. It does not say those he justified, some are glorified. It doesn't say most are glorified. It says these he glorified. So so important that you um, um, re- understand that with verse 1 of chapter 8. Why? Because if you just read this one verse and you're not reading what's, what just preceded it, what was just before it, in Romans chapter 7 where the, 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 the Paul himself is feeling like a failure and so do you and me when we fail, you're, you're not going to understand it if you read it just as a standalone verse. And, 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 and again, so let's, let's, read it. let's read it again. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Now, how might you read that verse? Anyone want to shout it out? What is it, what is it, what, how might you read that verse incorrectly? You might read it incorrectly. By, by saying, well, I guess this means if I'm not walking according to the Spirit, that means I, I'm out of Christ and I'm condemned. If you read this verse without reading the, uh, the verses right before, that's what, you, that's what you can conclude. This verse has been used to teach that you better watch out because you may lose your salvation. Once God has done that operation on your heart, you may lose it. It's not what the Bible teaches. It does teach if you never change ever after your saving faith. Well, no, you didn't have a saving faith, it was nothing. But if you have a true saving faith, the Bible says whoever God justifies, he glorifies. But, but But otherwise, if you just read this verse, you would think, man, if I'm not walking according to the Spirit, I'm condemned. That's why we teach verse by verse here and chapter by chapter at Calvary Chapel because you can read to some radically wrong mis, uh, misunderstandings if you don't read everything in its context. This verse right here relates directly to Romans chapter 7, verses 19, which says again, The good I will to do, I don't do it. But the evil I will not do, that's what I practice. Who's going to rescue me from this, this body of death? Who's going to rescue me? I'm a wretched man. And that, with that, he answers. Verse 1 of Romans chapter 8. Listen. There's no condemnation to those who are... You're feeling condemned, Christian? You're feeling like a wretch, Christian? You're feeling condemnation because that which you delight in, you're failing every time? Don't feel that way. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. Now, what is the Spirit always saying to every Christian? What is he always saying? He is saying... Look to Jesus. In John chapter 15, do we have that verse? We have it somewhere down there, Dennis. In John chapter 15, this, rather 16, Jesus says this However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth, He will glorify me. So Dennis, back to um, uh, verse 1 of chapter 8. So the, the point is, if you're walking according to the Spirit, if you're listening to the Spirit, the Spirit's always pointing to Christ. He's pointing to the, uh, to the, to the resurrected Christ who died for your sins, who was condemned on your behalf, who, took all, who you've been joined to. And when you're joined to Christ, that means in some sense, you were back joined with Jesus on the cross when he was pierced. For your transgressions, he was those stakes; those iron stakes w- went through his um, feet and his his hands. When that happened, you were joined to him. That's the mystery of the gospel. There's no condemnation for those who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, what does it mean to walk um, according to the flesh here? What it means is your condemnation is going to remain. You fall flat on your face you're depressed, you're going into discouraging um, depressive thoughts, which by the way, depression is a choice. And I I say that, I come from a long history of people who, a family history of people who are medically depressed and I got the gene. But if, if, if there's anything I've learned myself about my depression, I choose to be there. I choose to be there because the Holy Spirit is Pointing me to Jesus, but my flesh just wants to sit in a pool of self-pity and be discouraged, and, and be discouraged. And so if you're walking according to the flesh, it means you're just listening to your own arguments. Oh, that work I have is just, it's driving me crazy, or, or, or I'm just feeling discouraged, I don't know the reason why, or all these circumstances that I'm not married yet and I'm 40 years old, I'm, I, I, you know, I, I'm on my third spouse now and he wants to leave, whatever it is. It, the, the bible says if you're it, whatever circumstance that you're in if if you're walking according to the spirit, he will turn you back the Holy Spirit will turn you back to start looking at the Lord the the crucified resurrected Lord in Romans chapter fifteen can we get um, that verse or is it fourteen It says the kingdom of God is not Eating and drinking, meaning it's not a bunch about a bunch of rules about eating and drinking. That's not what it's about. But it's about righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, how can you have any joy? How can you have any joy at all if you're just constantly failing? And and you know the, the law that I delight in that I do not do, and you're 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 constantly um, being reminded of what a failure. How can you possibly have any joy when you're being told in Romans seven that's part of life? By walking according to the Spirit, and when you walk according to the Spirit, you are directed to who Jesus is. He is the perfect, crucified, resurrected Lord who you have been joined to. You are in Christ, Romans 8, verse 1. Whoever is in Christ, 50 times in the New Testament, you are described as being in Christ. That's how the joy comes, Romans 14, 17. It really is about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Before we finish, I just want to give you one practical example of all of this of the misery of Romans chapter 7 being replaced by peace and joy I'm going to use this one example although I could use a thousand and it's thought life use thought life could it applies most to me because by the grace of God after 30 years you know walking with the Lord, that's the greatest struggle, and I haven't even come any, anywhere close to defeating it. I could use whatever. Uh, I, there's, there's many examples of, of Christians. I can use anger, which Jesus calls murder, as an example of what happens in Romans 7. You know, cursing at someone on the highway. I could use pornography. I could use just always going back to that uh, scheme or ambition you have to be rich and just always going back and, and, and doing stuff to, 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 to get rich or powerful, or whatever. I could use all, lots of things involving sins of commission, meaning sins you actually do. But I'm going to use thought life. Jesus says, oh, you think you're good because you don't commit adultery. Well, you look at a woman other than your wife or your husband with lust. You've committed adultery. And he says, same thing with anger and bitterness in your heart. When you are judging someone, when you're looking at another Christian and, and you're judging them, oh man, that sorry soul and the way they gossip all the time. When you're doing that, you are hating them. Actually, you're murdering them in your heart. That's what you are. They are an image bearer of Jesus Christ. Thought life. I tell you, I feed off of Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is no longer any condemnation in Christ Jesus for those who walk according to the sp- not, do, do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. I feed on it every day because my, my thought life goes south every single day, every hour. It goes south. And, and, and so, you know, same thing. Verse 19, for the good, the thought life that I want to have, uh, verse 19 rather, I, I, that's not the stuff I think about, but the evil I don't like at all, that's what I think about. Who's going to save me from this body of death? Oh, wretched, miserable man that I am, Steve Cole, Pastor Steve Cole, who thinks he's so spiritual. He's a pastor. People come listen to him. Who's going to save me for this wretched man that I am? I thank God, verse 25, through Jesus Christ our Lord, because verse eight, uh, chapter 8, verse 1, there's no, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. I just run to Jesus. That's what I do. I'm joined to you. Anyone who is in Christ... Therefore now, no condemnation to those who are in Christ. I know I'm in Christ. And you know what follows? Joy and peace. Romans chapter 14, is it verse 17? That, 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 that's, what, that's what follows. That's, that, that's what the Christian life can be. So let's wrap it up with the next three verses quickly. For the law of the, verse 2 of Romans chapter 8, all of this is the verses 2 through 4, which we started today are all a response to those, this battle that's happening in the mind of Paul and in the mind of you. Unless you're a hypocrite this and you don't understand it, you're unwilling to admit it, this is happening to you every day. Verse 2 says, For the law of the Spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and death. Now would you do your pastor a favor and just believe that? It says you've been freed from the law of sin and death. What's the law of sin and death? It's in verse 21 of chapter 7. It's, 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 it's that, that law of sin and death is that reality that the evil is always present with me. But verse 2 of, of chapter 8 of Romans says you've been set free from that law. Meaning you don't have to stay in condemnation. You don't have to stay in shame and guilt. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. And then verse 4 is where we, same thing we ended with last week, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Again, if you do not walk according to the flesh, meaning you're looking at, you fall on your face, Romans chapter 7, verse 19. You fall on your face, Do you, though you delight in the law, uh, law of God, you fall on your face. Walking in the flesh is you're looking at everything but Jesus. Walking in the spirit is you're looking to Jesus. You're remembering you're in Christ. You're remembering the blood and you're casting, you're surrendering your soul on Him. It says when you do that, you fulfill, verse 4, the righteous requirement of the law, meaning over the years, you become like Christ. Can we have the chart again, uh, Dennis? Over the years, you b- start looking more and more like Jesus. The third one, sanctification, through this process. So, so though you may be failing Every, whatever, every minute of every hour, every day, if you walk in the, according to the Spirit and you go to the Lord, remembering um, the, the word of the Lord, which says, if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive the sin and cleanse you of all unrighteousness, over the years you will become more like Jesus. When Jesus died for you on the cross, He purchased this privilege for you, the privilege of looking more and more like him. So if the worship team could come up, we are going to close with a, wor- um, a worship song. And as the worship team is coming up, after, actually, if you've been asked to pray, if you could come up as well. But I want to I end with this statement. It, you know, r- verse 1 of Romans 8 says, There's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Now, that implies something, doesn't it? It implies this. If you're out of Christ, you're condemned. You're condemned already. God has condemned you to an eternal death. I hope you do not leave this room misunderstanding that. If you, again, I'll read it again, probably now for the 12th time. Sorry, i got to do it. There's therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ. If you're not in Christ, you are out of Christ, and God has condemned you. Why? Because he is just, and he must Judge your sin, and it's an eternal judgment. It's eternal judgment of, of hell and torment. That's what it is. But what is saving faith? Saving faith is, and we begin with this, it's an invitation by God, by the Holy Spirit, to the whole world, and come drink of this water freely, this, this, this gospel, Jesus Christ. No one in this room who's out of Christ needs to stay out of Christ, because it is a simple prayer of faith. It's not an easy prayer, because you got to count the costs before you pray. But if you, a simple prayer of faith, meaning, yes, God, I'm a rebel, I'm a sinner. I have never, Lord Jesus, asked you into my heart, come in as my master and king. Forgive me. Right at that point, you're in Christ's with all the privileges, the benefits, and the almighty power of, uh, of God become yours at that point. If you're out of Christ, if you've never prayed to receive Christ, come up during the worship song and we can lead you in a prayer of faith. Otherwise, anything else you'd like to pray about, please come up and let's close with the worship song. Father, i am rather please... Please rise. Please rise. And we'll close with a, a worship song. Father, we just thank you that there we, not, we need not ever stay in a place of condemnation which leads to our wretchedness and misery. We need only walk according to the Spirit and look to the cross and obey your voice. I pray in Jesus' name that you would, by your Spirit, continue opening up our hearts to this truth, that we would feed on it. Every man and woman and child in this room, feed on it. Every day, all the more, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, if you need prayer, please come up and let's worship.